Hello and welcome back to the podcast of Kent, that is right, Kent and the Steering Team, back for yet another week of fun, frivolity and conversation. Anyway, uh, as always, you're joined by myself, Phil, my friends, Bianca and Drew. Unfortunately, there is no Kent this week, though, because he has um, decided to start doing a puzzle, but he doesn't realize there's a couple of pieces from the game trouble in there as well. And then there's also a pie from um, Trivial Pursuit. But he thinks he's doing a puzzle. Let's see how far he gets. It won't last very long. I'll report back another time. Um, Anyway, on with the show. Uh, Team, how are we? Yeah, good. Yeah, we're doing all right. Chugging along. Good. What are you going to do about it? Yep. Good. No, no, glad, glad to hear that. No, no, How are no, you doing? Uh, no issues. I'm um, fine. I'm fine. I'm on holiday at the moment. Um, I'm not here recording as neither of us are. I was about neither to say that. When so. none of us are here right now. So I don't know yeah, how we're as feeling. In, we're we're, as in we're, we're speaking here from now. the <laughs> Exactly. Look, we're, we're here now, but we're not here now. No. As in... When this is up, we recorded this weeks ago. This isn't any time now. So we're trying to be as neutral in terms of our opinions as possible, except for our sick cat of the week, where we've been very clever and thought ahead. Just uh, just you wait till we get to that. Because, yeah. Again, just we thought wait. ahead. We did well. Um, but uh, no, let's, let's get on with the show. And um, last week, um, we spoke about um, Coca-Cola. Um, to go with the whole birthday episode of Kent and the Steering Team um, turning four years old. Mm-hmm. Man, that was fun, wasn't it? That was great fun for us. <laughs> Remember that part where we did the thing? <laughs> yes, of course. No. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we're going we're gonna to continue on with something similar. Um, Drew, over to you. Thank you. Um, I love how non-linear we are. Anyway. Yes, um, Luke. Non-linear. The, the other week, you guys brought it to my attention that Coca-Cola may be looking to stop manufacturing in Australia. And I must say, that was rather distressing to hear. What about me? Imagine how I felt. Yeah. <laughs> Phil, my life. Phil definitely has a Coke problem. Yeah, not that kind of Coke problem, Bianca. Jeez, I feel Christ. sorry for saying that even because your parents listen to this podcast and I'm really <laughs> sorry, you guys. But also, but also, that is absolutely not... Again, off-air, we're discussing it and, and I heard... I mean... You know, you guys know people that that do coke, does coke. Yes, I don't know. Do do coke. We know. we know people that um, work in hospitality. Yeah, my brother's a salesman. <laughs> all of his friends, the salesmen. Yeah. But again, yeah. My my question was when I when you guys said how much like I'm. I also don't know how much a bump is. I don't know what that is in terms of a unit of measurement. So, but you said a bump is like two hundred bucks. Two hundred, three hundred. How the hell can how can anyone have an addiction that costs so much? I just, I just look at it and I'd look at it and be like, if I was doing that, I wouldn't get any enjoyment because I'd just be thinking about all the other things I could have spent that amount of money on. I it imagine doesn't see, feel worth it. A, what, we'll do an episode of this another day, but um, what we're all on coke. No, no, <laughs> Australia actually has. I mean, we can drink coke the drink while we're talking about yeah. coke the cocaine but australia has per gram the most expensive coke in the world we pay 309 dollars per gram for coke um well, where it refers back to what that episode we did several weeks ago it's the cost of living it's very expensive here yeah well like but like in colombia where it's the cheapest is like nine dollars for a bump and then in how much is a bump 
a bump is about uh, a grand. It's it's whatever you can. It's whatever you can fit on like a pinky is known as a bump. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. That's nothing. Oh my god! It'll get really. Let's yeah. become drug dealers. Oh my god! I'm <laughs> done. Like, let's do this. Okay. Are you serious? That's how much. You, it's two hundred dollars for that amount. Oh, Again, yeah, apologies to Philip's family. I'm so no, sorry. No, no, I've already had discussions with my family. We're already looking at becoming. We've already had discussions about. Obviously, this will never happen now because I'm discussing this on the radio waves. Um. We've had the discussion that our family should become drug dealers because no one, or like growers, because no one would ever suspect us. Because, uh, how would you expect us? I 100% would suspect you guys. You're the unassuming family on the street who definitely would have yeah. a pot that. plant no. growing. I could see no, that. No, I would, like, again, I'm so sorry to your parents as they're listening to this. <laughs> I love Wait, so your parents. The house that you would look at, you'd look at driving up and down the street and you'd be like, yeah, it's definitely that family. No, see, here's the thing, okay? When you think of a crack family or a drug family, the ones that are supplying and making their own and casually living on it, they're not the family that are in the rundown house. They're in, they're the family that are the nice house with a dog, and they're a sweet couple, and they're kind people. And secretly, they have like a whole field of marijuana somewhere. That's the family. I know those families. <laughs> they're, they're real. Well, I won't. I won't take you to the um the door to the uh, the little hatch to the underground of our house then. Oh no! Let me no, in. Joke, there's nothing. It's literally there's a gravel pit there, and you can't even get under there. You'd have to like crouch. It's terrible. Um, yeah, okay, well, never mind. We guess we won't do that. Thing. Um, anyway, let's. So we're, we're a long way from yeah. where we're supposed to be. Anyway, on Drew. with the show. <laughs> yes. Sorry. I went and did a bit of digging. <laughs> Back in April, Coca Cola Australia was bought out by Coca Cola Europe in a nice big merger. That said. Really? Yeah. Really, really. That said. Wait, is it still Amatil? Or is that or is that not exist anymore then? Uh, sort of yes and no. It, it's complicated. It's okay, continue, It's technically oh. still in there. I, I don't know if I've if I've touched upon that in my notes, but it is technically still in there as well. It's mm. again, it's really complicated the ins and outs of this thing. Um, that said, there's been absolutely no sign of manufacturing slowing down or stopping in Australia. On the contrary, they are now working hard to achieve a goal of 100% renewable energy in their manufacturing across the country by 2030. It's a bit of a relief for me because I was just thinking about like, you know, what if we have to resort to switching to having the Coke from overseas, like importing it kind of thing? Look, honestly, it wouldn't necessarily have been the worst case scenario. I know exactly what you're referring to here. But for those of you unaware, the Coca-Cola company allows a certain level of leeway when it comes to sweeteners in its overseas markets. So as long as the rest of the recipe remains intact. Well, yeah, yeah. So uh, Australian Coke is better than the rest of the world's Coke. There, we said it, done. Exactly right. Like if we had to resort to having this Coke's like um, corn syrup sweetened Coke. I wouldn't be in for that. Like, it's I'd, funny. I'd give up Coke Going- if I had to drink corn syrup. I don't drink co- Coke when I'm in. I didn't drink Coke when I was in America. I bought it once and I hated it. 
Yeah, it, it's too like sickly sweet, basically. But but uh, yeah, like it's 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 funny because the land of Coca Cola. Yeah. I can't wait to get back here to have Coca Cola when I'm over there. Look, it, it's completely understandable. I'm not nearly as opposed to the corn syrup version as the two of you. However, I do still prefer ours. So, Australian Coke is sweetened a little more naturally with cane sugar. American Coke is sweetened with high fructose corn syrup. Now, just so you're aware, European and Mexican Coke is also sweetened with cane sugar too. The only country that uses high fructose corn syrup is the US, and they only replaced cane sugar with it in 1980. Why? Why would they replace it like that, though? I mean, that, that's almost as bad as, like, you know, when they did that move to New Coke in, was it, like, the 80s, mid-80s or something like that? Like, I don't know. Oh, look, we could talk like We could mid-80s. talk for a whole episode about the debacle that was New Coke. <laughs> mm. I don't understand it. It just doesn't make sense to me at all. Was um, it just with the Americans or and corn syrup, or was it Americans with corn in general because i feel like they have this weird obsession with corn syrup and right, corn so simply put it's cheap fast easy to grow and exceptionally versatile like it's the kind of all-rounder for americans i do have some fun facts about the americans and their corn for you guys though for a start according to the united states department of agriculture Americans consume 700 kilos per capita a year of corn. Now, before you try to twist your head around that one, get this. Less than 10% of the corn used in the United States is directly ingested by humans. Okay, so I know this about their food and continue because it actually grosses me out. The bulk is either turned into ethanol for use as fuel or fed to the hundreds of millions of animals they raise for slaughter. Cows, chickens, pigs, even fish, which are fed pellets made largely of corn, eat several times the amount of the grain consumed by people each year. Okay, so I say I point this out of why it disgusts me is because Gino... Did I don't know if you experienced this, Phil, when we were in America, but do you, did you realize that just all meat had just this weird taste? Like, it didn't taste like proper meat. Wait, say that again, Baker. Did you notice that meat in America tasted funny? Like, it didn't taste yeah, the same maybe. as... I know that... Well, it's funny. Like, I know that Australian meat is really... Um, revered like lots of people want australian meat overseas like in america um the expensive restaurants have either japanese agu or australian beef it's because Um, we feed mm. our animals grass and um grain uh at the very least but we'll mostly feed them grass whereas in america they feed them corn in troughs and it gives them this it gives it this weird flavor that's come somewhat like gamier and I don't, I don't find it all that pleasant. Um, I went and got a steak while I was in New York, you know, New York steak, and I just didn't enjoy it because it was mostly because it was corn fed. I just don't think corn fed meat tastes great. What, what do we mean by seven hundred kilos per capita? So, 
basically Do you remember what that means? It it's basically per person. Jesus Christ, on a bike. How is the world not shifting off its bloody gravitational pull of the sun with that amount of weight on it? It's... Like, that's a lot. Yeah, it's... That's a shitload. It's insane. 700 kilos? Now, now think think about this. We've, we've gone through the fact that, you know, they're, they're feeding the corn to the animals. But think about this as well. Cows munch on flint corn instead of grazing on grass. So... Not only is it in the meat that you're eating, but it also becomes part of all the American cheese and dairy products. Yeah. Is that why cheese is that weird yellow? Like it's like almost orange? Could well wait, be. Hang on. I don't think that's why that's safe. So that means that, that, wait, that means that, so if it's in, if it's in, if it's the food that the cows eat, yep. then it's in the milk that they produce. Basically yep. Americans are just having corn all the time. Yep. Could Every you imagine if you had a corn allergy? Corn. Oh, my oh my god, you'd be game over. You couldn't have anything. You wouldn't live oh, in make, America. You might as well even be alive because the whole place would just have corn in the air. But that is also why corn has this weird, like, not corn, um, milk has this weird sweet flavor in America. It's... Well, and also because they probably put sugar in it to go with everything else. Remember how good the cereal was? Remember how many boxes of, of honey Cheerios? <laughs> honey we Cheerios, went yeah. <laughs> We'd walk up to the CVS at the end of our street. What street we're on? We're on. Um, oh no! Uh, it started with a B. Uh, no, it started with B. Yeah, it started with a B. Um, oh my god! Broker, it's not. It not bleacher. It's um, my um bleaker? fake address for my new for my American account on HBO. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you don't god, admit to that. Me. Eh, I don't know. This is going to destroy me now that I can't remember. It. But anyway, the well, CBS yeah. at the end of the street, we'd walk up to that every single day. No, we'd, no, we'd, we'd walk by it on days. our way home. <laughs> we'd be out and out about for a day and we'd be like, we need to get another box. We're going to be low on it because we're going to so, have about four. But the funniest thing, I think there was, a train, there was a train station closer to us that we'd miss to go to the CBS first. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you would intentionally get off at the wrong stop to yeah, be able to walk. Because it was close I'm to the CVS. Oh, sensational. I can't wait to get back to New York. Just honestly. think of how much corn was going into your cereal. Yeah, I'm thinking about it because it's in probably part of the wheat almost. They probably grow corn wheat or something. Well, it's used um, to make dextrose. What's dextrose? Dextrose is an artificial sweetener. Dextrose. Does it count as artificial if it's made out of... Real thing. I don't know. It's not natural sugar. True. It's not. Yeah. It's just sweetener. Yeah. So I they they sh- use that. Dextrose is used. Bowery, Bianca. Bowery. <laughs> You're right. Bowery. I was I was look, yep. trying to open up my American accounts. I was looking for it. But think think about this. So it was on. So yep. dextrose is used in baked products so biscuits bread crackers you know, macarons pretzels yep. cookies all of that um it's used to create caramel it's used for um it's part of the compound of citric acid it's used in chocolate products um yeah they quite commonly that, I used i don't quite think commonly I like used it. for alcohol and when you think about it corn's well. corn's also being used to create like it's a base for ethanol to make alcohol 
Is that why they? Now, can you're literally s- just drinking corn on corn. Imagine having a corn is meal. Is that with why some, they can sell 100 ethanol? Well, I guess vodka's potato. Um, they sell 100 ethanol in America. Yep. But like, yep. vodka's potato, so I guess that works. Yeah. It's a very easy just, process find- to do, but you can see how corn would be used for that. It, I mean, it, it grows well, it grows fast, it grows under many different climates. I'm just looking through, Drew has provided a list of like everything that corn syrup is in and corn oil and what and have you. ridiculous. And I just saw all like baby foods, co- yep. um, coffee whiteners, um, bakery products like what's, bread, rolls, biscuits. Is dextrin's corn as well? Yes. We went yeah. through So hang that. on. So it's in adhesives. Yep. It's in envelopes, labels, um, oil well drilling. Um, it's used for plywood. Fireworks. What the hell? Envelopes. There's just... Everything is corn-based in America. Without corn, yep. they're stuffed. Have you guys yep. seen the episode of um, Rick and Morty? I don't know if it's this season. Maybe it is this season. Well, if it's this season, I haven't seen it because I haven't watched it yet. Well... At time of recording, I haven't watched it. I've probably watched it when this episode goes up. Well, in in the episode, they fall through a portal and they end up in a reality where all the um they they no they fall through a portal and they run through this room where there's these two guys in the living room ordering pizza. They're sitting on two couches and they're ordering pizza, and then they fall into the next reality where it's two pizzas sitting on humans ordering couches, and then they fall into the next reality where it's two couches. Um, sorry, the pizzas are sitting on couches ordering humans, and then they throw the last reality is couches sitting on humans ordering uh pizza and with extra, like, oh, I can't remember what the other thing was in it, but like it's just this weird thing. But that just reminds like there is a universe, no, we are living in the universe where there. everything is corn. We might think we're human, well, but in America, everything the whole is corn. Bloody- North America, goodness me! I, I, I just, I, I just, I, 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 imagine a whole I don't continent of corn using humans for everything. Yeah, you know what's funny though? I, I prefer American Macca's fries as much as I love our fries. I think I prefer American Macca's fries. I also prefer that you get two burgers Probably in the fried in corn That's oil. Probably, <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> Probably some some level of corn in there. I mean, um, I guess their their vegetable oil would mostly be corn. Oh, but of course, yeah. no, the sweetener because obviously you have to sweeten the water. Yep. It's probably got corn in it too. So the chips have corn in it too. It's potato it's and chips. Literally chip, no, potato and corn. everything, which lends oh credence to the concept in Interstellar about why corn is the only thing still keeping the human race going. Well, absolutely. I mean, again, if you think about uh, there's, there's there's corn fields everywhere. We were driving through Texas once once on our road trip a couple of years ago, and there was yeah. just corn <laughs> everywhere. It's all that there was either desert, scrub, oil field, or corn. And that was it. Oil field. Yeah, like the um the oil well pumping thing. Oh, Texas. I see, Texas. <laughs> oh. Texas. Yeah. Um, 
We were also talking about Texas well, earlier. Growing oil. That's what I I don't know why my not growing oil, but my head thought of like a massive lagoon of oil. <laughs> a swamp of oil. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, the someone would have vacuumed that up. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. Look, it, it was. It, yeah, there's corn absolutely everywhere, and, and I'm, I'm not surprised. But it just it blows my mind how much corn. I, I can't believe that there's enough land over there for them to grow enough corn to cover this 700 kilos per capita kind of thing. This is unbelievable. It's insane. Um, but do you know what I actually totally get genuinely disappointed on? And this is a, this is a weird. It's not a segue, but it's just a weird tangent. When um, uh, Superman <laughs> is depicted growing up in Smallville, and there's not corn on his farm, because every time I think of Superman in Smallville, I think of him living in a cornfield. Mm. And sometimes, like, does he live in a cornfield? Well, he does in most of the comics, but um, like yeah. in in um, what's it called? Small Sn- Snyder cut. Um, it's just wheat. There's no corn. And then in Superman and Lois, the TV series, also no corn. And then in Smallville, is there corn? I don't remember. I don't think there's corn in Smallville. I just, I, I always I don't get, remember eating corn. I always get really disappointed when he doesn't live on a corn farm. I, I don't know why. I just, I really don't. Well, well, again, segue, yes, because um, a little bit later on the show, we're going to be talking about um, TV shows that came from movies, but first um, one. We've got a couple of things for you, in fact. We're going to head to a commercial and then we'll be back with our Bond review, uh, re- reviews, our Bond film reviews. That's continuing as always. Um, guys, should we go to the commercial and head over to that then? Let us yes. do that. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Looking for that much-needed escape from the horrors of everyday life. Wanting to go beyond the realms of your imagination and into someone else's. Come and discover the wonders of the written page at Chapter and Verse. The place where the page is your ticket to a trip of discovery. We have books to suit everyone's tastes, so come on down and have a look. Be sure to bookmark us on your next journey. Chapter and verse, where we never judge a book by its cover. And we're back, and of course, we are continuing our new regular segment, our reviews of the James Bond films. So, let's kick right into it. The first one this week is The Man with the Golden Gun. Now, the logline for this film is, James Bond is targeted by the world's most expensive assassin while he attempts to recover sensitive solar cell technology that is being sold to the highest bidder. Alright guys, what do we think? Uh, Right off the bat, very first thing I noticed in this was the soundtrack. I've got an ear for sound, and the thing I noticed was that elements of the title song and the entire soundtrack of the film um, mm-hmm. was sampled in um, Quantum of Solace's introduction song or intro song. I don't know if you mm-hmm. guys noticed that, but I did. And I and I really appreciated the fact that I got that. And I was like, yes. Um, I, 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 yeah, I really enjoyed that, hearing that. And, and it made me appreciate that song so much more by um, um, Old Mate, um, Jack White and Alicia Keys. Because it just, yeah, I just really appreciated it even more. Because I already love that They're- song. Their one also samples Chris Cornell's You Know My Name. Yes, it does. Yeah, mm-hmm. it absolutely does. I I've I got, did... I've got trivia for the music I later. do like this oh, song. Yes. This is one of my... Up there on my list yeah. of Bond songs. 
Yeah. Yep. Understandably so. Yep, definitely. Um, uh, the movie itself, though, I, I don't know. Look, I, the biggest complaint I had from the movie, because it is, I don't want to always start these with complaints and then suddenly get to the new ones that are familiar with me. Be like, oh, I've got nothing to worry about. Hold on, wait. Did we go um, through the, the synopsis of the film? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I still don't know what happened then. <laughs> Again, basically, oh, good. there's a guy. Good, it's not just, not just me. <laughs> there's a guy with a golden gun and they want to find him. And to find there's him. There's a guy with yeah, a golden gun. Yeah, but why? Because he's got the thing that's causing things to break down. He's making a weapon that's a sun weapon. Oh, that's right. <laughs> But anyway, my, my concern with this movie is, and what I'm kind of getting is a theme from these Roger Moore movies, and correct me if I'm wrong on, on this, Drew, in terms of the feeling I'm getting. Yeah. They seem to be doing a better job at actually writing the story and making it, you know, have meaning or make sense, you know, or have a purpose. Hmm. Um, but they seem to be taking the piss out of it more or being more silly. So it kind of undoes, like if I compare it to the Sean Connery ones, and, and I think it's more uh, a, a kind of jab at movies of the time, not the James Bond movies. Um, script writers or screenplay writers um, or story writers for films could get away with making shitty, pointless movies because the exciting thing was that it was a film. Didn't need to be good quality. Um and so they kind of took it more seriously, but they didn't give a shit about what was in the story. Whereas in these ones and these Roger Moore films, um, they seem to be adopting the idea that maybe it isn't. It is just a bit of fun and it's a bit silly, but they're putting more effort into writing the stories. So it almost feels like the stories are wasted on something silly. I've always found it really interesting that Roger Moore has always been really really open about the fact that he he played his bond silly and he knew that his was the silly bond the whole time so i think it's almost like he's working against what's going on because you can see they're trying to mm. they're trying to show that in the 70s they can they can still be rough and tough and gritty even though that was not necessarily a reflection of other things that were going on in the time yep. and certainly not the um not the era of film in some respects but at the same time you know they're, they're also trying to compete with the likes of steve mcqueen and you know films like films that had mcqueen and michael Caine and that le leading these gritty thrillers mm. so they're trying to they're trying to compete with that but meanwhile roger moore's just running around being like ha! Yes, I know I'm an idiot. Yeah, very much it felt like that. And, and uh, now going back to the story technique here, Bianca. Mm. Yes. Did you see? Did did the three Bond women thing happen in this one? I don't think it did. Um. I I think we've kind of left that. We're leaving that now. I I think there was. So who were the Bond women in this? We had Mary Goodnight. So we had. Um. Yeah. So she's the one that is on Bond's side and. She he sleeps with her. And the that end. ends up in the ends in ends up in the bloody car plane up in the sky somewhere. She can I just say goodnight annoyed me because yep. we actually have had up until this point a couple of decent spy women in this series yep. mm -hmm. who are a bit capable. 
And then they threw Goodnight in there, who's just like makes Bond look capable, which is a sad feat. Um, Yep. She annoyed me in this one. So there was Goodnight, then there was um, the Mistress, the Scaramanga's Mistress, who gets killed. Andrea Anders. So she was. Yep. I guess she was pro Bond and gets killed. Or was she anti-Bond? Um, she becomes pro-Bond. Well, technically she's pro-Bond the whole time because she claims that she's the one that um, sent the bullet to try and entice him there. Interesting thing about Maud Adams, who plays her, this is a relatively small role for her, but we will see her back because she plays the title character of Octopussy. Oh. Octavagina coming up soon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um... I think it. I think it doesn't do the proper this the the three Bond women, but I think there's still elements to it there. Okay. Um, in saying that, this, I think yes. I think this film kind of embraces the seventies, and I I think I what mm. to, as to what you were saying, Phil, about like you know they got a bit more story and all that. The 70s were a bit wild um, for many people and, like, being weird and being different. You know how, like, now being weird and being different, you know, is something that we try and normalize, but it's very much respected? Mm. Being weird and different was normalizing in a way, but it was still a joke. And I feel like you yeah. see that in this film because you see, um, what's the dude's name who keeps yelling Mr. Scaramanga? <laughs> um, Nick Knack. Yeah, like you see that in Nick Knack. You see that in the fact that Mr. Scaramanga is like very well known for his third nipple. Um, and then I don't know who else had it. Oh, no, I'm thinking of the next film, um, Jaws. <laughs> But, like, you kind yep. of see that there's this a bit more wilder side of life. And then there's the dude um, who is a recurring character in this film from the boat chase, the the cop who's on holiday. Uh, can I just say, <laughs> so when we get to our scores, this movie literally loses a point because of him. Well, honestly, I just couldn't. Who, who, who loses him? Who loses the film a point? The the, 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 the cop um, sheriff. the sheriff. Oh god, I, yeah, I hated him. But but so much. But I hate why on earth would you very, bring him back? He's supposed to play the very conservative um, idiot who you know we tease. No, no, you know who he's playing, Bianca. He's playing Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> he's playing. Wait wait Jar wait Jar wait Binks. wait. We mean we do mean the idiot cop from the first film yes. from previous the previous film, one, yeah. right? Yeah. Who's on holiday he's, with his wife? Oh and then Bianca, he's playing Jar Jar Binks. Uh, he's who the directors and the writers thought. Oh, you know who the crowd are abso- absolutely going to love this brilliant, hilarious character. Let's but I, I feel like at you know, the time you, everyone thought he was hilarious in the first time he showed up. I hope so. Not. They brought him I back. Uh, I can actually tell you exactly why he was brought back. Um, the director of the film, Guy Hamilton, loved him so much in the previous film that he asked the scriptwriter to write him into this film. 
So Guy Hamilton That's goes why. down in history as the worst director period ever, period ever. Alright, what's our scores or we won't have enough time to talk about The Spy Who Loved Me? Drew? Oh, okay. Um, look, I, on a technical level, I gave it 7 out of 10. And that technical is... All seven of those points really just go to Christopher Lee because... My opinion is this is Christopher Lee's movie. It's Scaramanga's movie and Bond features in it. I don't actually think of this as much of a Bond film and more of a Scaramanga film. Personally, I used to really love this film and watching it now, I just didn't enjoy it as much as I used to. So generously, I give it a six. Okay, I'm going to give it technically a five um, because... Again, they're getting better with the script, but again, they're taking it less seriously, or whether it's, that's a Roger Moore thing or not, I don't know, but, um, mm. you know, it's taken less seriously. Um, I thought that there wasn't really anything that blew me away with it, and recycling an old gag for half the movie doesn't help, so see, it actually affects both of the scores here. Um, I thought yep. that, yeah, Christopher Lee did a pretty cool job in it um but then there were absolutely mm. ridiculous things that undo the kind of joy of bond and this is something bianca touched on a couple of weeks ago um in one of the reviews for the other films and that was the point from this movie which is that um you know he goes and gets a weapon made or, or goes and talks to a gunsmith um and and the guy says oh mr bond i've been wanting to make you a weapon forever it's like oh, oh yeah you're a secret spy or not why does everybody know who the hell you are like this just completely undoes anything this is basically you only live twice all over again where it's completely pointless that he dies it's pointless that he's a super spy or anything like that it's all just ridiculous so also, um, they kind of shoot themselves in the foot there. Um, why does Scaramanga have a 3D hologram of him? Or whatever the fuck that's supposed to be. I don't know. Um, yeah. Oh, what? Oh, the, the, yeah. The, I don't know. The, the, the Madame Tussaud bloody waxwork. Yeah, the wax. The wax. Yeah, that model. thing. Like, how does he have I, such again, an accurate one of him? detail of him. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, personally, this movie gets a five. Um, yeah, it's okay. Um, would have gotten a six, but it has dickhead in it. It has um, James Bond's Jar Jar Binks, <laughs> so it gets five. Go, Bianca. Um, I'm probably going to give it a five, too, for all the reasons you said. I completely agree, and I completely forgot that this is the movie where... Because I, I, wa I watched this film about two, three weeks ago, and I haven't seen it again. Um, <laughs> so I couldn't be bothered watching it again. But I completely forgot that this was the one where I realized that Bond is not a super spy. He's just some bloke. Who just shows up at random places Everybody and everyone knows. who knows. It kind of makes redundant a future film where, you know, they're afraid that everyone in MI6 is going to get burnt because Bond is already burnt. Everyone knows who Bond is and this film just highlights it. Also, I had no idea that yeah. was Christopher Lee until you pointed it out just now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I Wait, couldn't, really? I couldn't recognize him as Christopher <laughs> Lee. I knew it was Christopher Lee, but I didn't recognize it as him. I didn't know it was Christopher Lee, and I didn't recognize it as him. Um, so you know, good on Christopher Aww. Lee. He's good in it. So you give it a five, 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 like five technically. technically, and then four personally. Because seriously, that oh, he's a bad spy. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, let's move <laughs> on to The Spy Who Loved Me. Drew, do you have the... Um, I there? do indeed. So, The Spy Who Loved Me. James Bond investigates the hijacking of British and Russian submarines carrying nuclear warheads with the help of a KGB agent whose lover he killed. 
So he did kill right, the lover. Yeah, yeah, okay. he did. But he didn't realize, like, and to, to be fair, the lover is just a goon that's chasing after him. Like, it, it's like it wasn't something where he. Oh no, I don't care. Like, I have no was... personal investment in this. <laughs> yeah, but but it's but it's interesting. But it's interesting that it shines a light on. On the idea that, you know, the red shirts are people too. Well, well, again, um, you know, I, I wonder if this is not only the name of this movie, um, but also that idea. I wonder if that's where Austin Powers got that idea of showing the henchman and the life of a henchman. Um, you know, they show that. I feel that like it might have throughout. been. So, so I yeah. wonder if that is a thing then, a, a connection there. Again, the, the, the title, The Spy Who Loved Me, The Spy Who Shagged Me, you know, it's. Um, I like um, that, it, that it highlights it though, um, and that this film did a few things differently. I, I actually, on looking back at this, I actually kind of enjoyed this movie a bit. Well, that's why I don't know I, about I, you guys. I've rated this one higher than um, the other one um, for sure. Mm. Um, I, also, I had absolutely no idea that the, even though they literally say the name of the movie in the song, I didn't know this song was from this movie. Yeah. This is the LJ hooker theme. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying LJ to... LJ Hooker, you're the best. I was trying to figure out what it was from, and I'm like, I know I've heard this song before. I forgot it was the LJ Hooker thing. But, um... I also know it from Bridget Jones' Diary. Yeah. The sequel, I think. Oh, of course, yes. Yeah. Also, is this... No. No, this isn't the one with Shelley Bassey now, who our, um, shows up in the middle of it. This is, this is the movie that I mentioned to you guys. Is this the same set? as both Goldfinger and Diamonds Are Forever. At the very start, after we learn of the submarine disappearing, um, someone picks up the phone. This very first, this is about five minutes into the movie. Guy picks up the phone and he's in a room that is awfully similar to the room that we see from Goldfinger where he shows us the Fort Knox um, yes. uh, model. And then in Goldfinger, uh, sorry, in um, Diamonds Are Forever where... It's someone's house or something like that. It probably... Yeah, it's the rich guy's house in Diamonds Are Forever. Um, the rich guy that yeah. Bond saves. And then it's... Um, yeah, the Fort Knox. Where they, where they talk about the plan for Fort Knox in... Mm. I appreciate that Pinewood's just using the same thing again and again. I appreciate that. That's where they mm. film the films. Um, I said that the... In terms of, of criticisms, I thought that gunfighting is still a major weak point for a movie that's all about guns. Um, however, they are getting better at kind of um, larger scale sets. So we did see that um, previously um, in... In You Only Live Twice, in fact. Um, the set, the larger set, the um, volcano layer. Uh, we see mm. it here again where it's um, the... Um, shipping container i guess um layer and we see that with a larger um fight scenes or gun battle happening which on that sort of scale if they're doing a much better job at it we're seeing them being able to play um with more people at once and 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 it look more cohesive um but one-on-one -on -one kind of gunfights are a little bit all over the place um the fx the, the audio effects are absolutely shocking maybe maybe you made a comment on that on i think the first um, two films that we reviewed being yes. said the sound effects are just absolutely shocking. Mm. They're just as bad, and we're in the seventies. Like, surely we're right around the corner from this stuff actually becoming decent. Because Jesus Christ, it sounds like we're in a western with the amount of gun fighting going <laughs> on. Um, uh, and the, you know, the, the the like ricocheting bullet sounds. Um, 
but look, story-wise, I, I, I appreciated this. See, this is... We've seen it a couple times now where we're starting to hit this idea of a believable, realistic sort of... Um, realistic in the grand scheme of things not really but but, but you know like <laughs> yeah, thank you <laughs> they're, fle- they're fleshing out the idea a little bit more and not just saying oh we're just gonna take over some subs and blow up the world kind of they're like they're going no no but we're doing it by doing this and this is why and this is how and of course people are going to notice and this is how they notice that sort of thing so they're, they're kind of they're they're building up the real realism of it or the believability of it um and i appreciate that in movies when they do that they make it a little bit easier to immerse yourself in it um without such glaring flaws um same issues as the last one where they do kind of with a much better story and again because they're getting better and better with the stories they are missing it by making it a little bit silly bianca i i agree they're missing it by making it a bit silly but i really do like jaws I don't know why. The van scene. The the van scene, him just ripping that shit apart. My God. But this is the one where I noticed that um, Moneypenny now has a desk whenever she needs one. (laughs) Yeah. She just appears. Like, wherever they rock up, wherever Bond rocks up, wherever M is, Moneypenny is sitting outside with a desk. And I don't know where she gets this desk from. I don't know how she... You didn't she... notice that in the one before on, on the slanted No, bit. but this is the one where I noticed it, like, the most. Because I think... Or the submarine <laughs> in um, in uh, You Only Live Twice. I just love... Desk mm. in the submarine. I was watching it and I'm like, is she just in the middle of Egypt with a desk? And I don't... And then, <laughs> then I went back and in my head, I was like, oh my God, they've been doing this for a while now. And I didn't notice. And I just... They're just redressing the set every time. I'm just like, I don't get it. I'm like, how? Do, where does she keep finding this desk from? And why does she, does she just lug around her typewriter? Like, I get lugging around a laptop, but fuck, like, typewriters are heavy, man. Um, I felt sorry for Money Penny in this one. Um, but I just want to watch the side series. Money Penny goes to Office Works. <laughs> Money Penny, Money Penny working from home, and it's just her lugging around all of her shit. Um. <laughs> yeah no um yeah i think you're right philip the story gets a lot better in this and mm. it's a bit more got a bit more of a flow to it and i can kind of start to understand them um but i, I it's just missing the mark of what we see in modern films of bond where it's taken a bit more seriously um i feel like we're gonna go we're going to go take a couple of step backs, a couple of steps back, sorry, in the next couple of movies. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, for now, it's okay. So I, I have an interesting little tidbit because we've talked about how good the story is. Mm. Um, fun fact, even though the title of the film does come from the title of an Ian Fleming James Bond novel... This is the first Bond film that is a completely original script that has not been based on a previous Bond really? novel. Really? I didn't know that at all. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of novels then. I didn't realize there were that many novels. There's quite a few, actually. Um, quite a few novels and short stories that Ian Fleming wrote. But this is the first time that they've had the title, but they've not had the book that it's based on. And that is because Ian Fleming was not actually altogether happy with the end result of his book. 
and there's a there's a big convoluted thing about what he did because he actually tried to make edits to it after it was published and the original and the edited version i think are both in existence now but yeah he overall he was not happy with the story so he said they could use the name but the story had to be completely original really okay okay mm-hmm. didn't know that at all um also can we talk yeah. about um bond's mate the sheik hussein um oh yeah oh yes very not middle eastern mm-hmm. y- y- yeah so just <laughs> continuing with the you know trope Ed- of not edward de souza yeah edward de souza <laughs> i know yeah apparently well, he's an old friend of Bond. They were schoolmates at Cambridge. Yeah, so I looked him up. He's actually Portuguese Indian. So he... he? I would have said there was some Indian there rather than Middle Eastern. Yeah, so he is, yeah. you know, a mix of something, but it's not Middle Eastern. Middle Eastern. And again, the pronunciation of his words is just a bit... Ugh. He didn't say much. A little bit how you going. He didn't say much, but what he did say was annoying. Um, um, yeah. Well, as far as casting, what did we think of Ringo's fantastic wife, Barbara Bach, as Agent Triple X? Um, I appreciated that there was a female lead that, again, had some balls. Yeah, she was good for that. And the fact that she knocked Bond out once or twice. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I like that she shut him down a couple of times. That was just fun. (laughs) But the name Triple X was... Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Major Anya Amasova. I'm, I'm appreciating that we're getting further and further into the movies before Bond's getting their clothes off. Um, yep. But, yeah, let's... Yeah, I don't know. I. Yeah. But she was good, though. Again, I really appreciated it. And, and again, I feel like we are, again, I, having no idea what's coming next, but bracing myself by the sounds of it. Um. I do appreciate that we're getting kind of closer and closer and closer to to it not just being so stupid um, and we're moving further and further away from this um, three Bond girl formula and it becoming a little bit more of a there's the title male, the title female then, you know, and, and that's kind of the way it goes and then the title villain. But yeah, let's see how we go. Mm. Um, I have I have two last quick mm-hmm. bits of trivia for the film before we get to the scores, because mm-hmm. I know that's where we're heading. Uh, the first one is the ski sequence with the jump. Mm-hmm. That was originally for On Her Majesty's Secret Service, but they didn't think they could shoot it well with the technology then. So they left it out and they ended up revisiting it in this one. That's why he was in the snow at the very start then, just so they could do that scene, I guess. Yep. Second bit of trivia. You would have noticed that for the second time now, they made a mistake with the next film in the end credits. They said that the next one will return in For Your Eyes Only, which was the intention. However, following the success of Star Wars, which came out the same year, 77... The uh, plan for For Your Eyes Only was dropped in favour of the space-themed Moonraker for the next film. Oh my god, so that, that is why our next so much about Moonraker. Moonraker. Why don't they just yes, it stop does. putting what the next movie is if they're going to keep getting it wrong? It's just... Just say who he knows? will return. Don't say in what, though. So, so here's the thing. Back then, when... You know how, like, nowadays, if, you know a movie gets cancelled or 
a movie gets delayed or a movie gets put into production hell, it's a big deal and we all know about it. Mm. And everyone riots on the yeah. internet. Yeah, no one cared back then, man. <laughs> they, they didn't. It was just like, this I can forgive them for because they... they Back then, if you made a movie promise and then you didn't keep it, it was like, oh, tough shit. <laughs> Move on with your life. And now there's Fair like enough. Reddit and message boards dedicated to, but we could have had this. And I'm just like. I think they should have just said he will return and left it there. I, but anyway. Yeah. In theory, yes. Which is what we get soon. Yeah. But still, yeah, it's exactly still right. funny to me that they just didn't care back then. They were like, yeah. No. We'll break that promise. Um, but anyway, onto our um, onto our scores. Yes, so I'm going to give it technically a seven. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I mean, knowing that it's a or- completely original film, um, yeah, brilliant, brilliant job. Again, I do appreciate. Again, we're getting a little bit better and better with the story. Um, I'm appreciating that, despite the silliness. This one, this one, I thought was a lot. It was silly in parts, but I feel like it was intentionally silly in parts, just that way it wasn't so heavy. Um, but then, yeah. you know, again, when it needed to be serious or, and stuff like that, it, it could be. And again, it, fl- uh, it it fleshed out the story a little bit more, which I appreciated. Um, mm-hmm. So absolutely on board for that. Um, FX is appalling in terms of audio effects is appalling. Um, <laughs> there are a couple of visual effects that I thought were a little bit... Meh odd looking um trying to think of a scene but um it's escaping me at the moment but yeah a couple of scenes that were just looking a bit ridiculous but um otherwise yeah the movie is absolutely progressing and i feel like the bond women are able to to be a little bit more confident um and less of just a toy um and so this one absolutely gets points for that um personally it gets a six because yeah absolutely can't complain um not really any issues with it um Silly Bond, yeah, I like Jaws. I thought he was cool. I like the fact that he killed the shark. Um, at <laughs> the end, I thought that was... And again, what he did to that van, it really showed off his strength, which was cool. Um, and I feel like he was the same guy that was in Happy Gilmore. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I see that. The anchor? Um, look, I give it technically probably a six. Um, for the time, it wasn't bad, but I agree the audio was not good and now that you've reminded me drew that this is not that far off from star wars same year. um yeah there you go this was the same year as star wars it, yep. <laughs> the techno the, Let that the sink technology in. of star wars wasn't yep the greatest but just think both of them were shot at Pinewood at the same time. It wasn't that as bad as it is in James Bond. Yep. They don't... Techn- Bond's on autopilot, I guess. I feel yeah, like... Yeah, I feel like probably at the time, Bond's movie, the Bond movie would have been dated in regards to technicality. Yeah. So that's why it gets the six. Yep. And then storyline, probably I'll give it a six too. I'll give, a, I'll give it an all-round six. Just so... Okay. Um, so six for both. Yeah, it wasn't okay. a bad story. I, I the your the scene with Jaws in the car and then them on the boat and then she knocks him out and then all of those they were that was probably my favorite sequence in all the movies we've watched so far. Mm. I thought it was pretty good. Anyway, but yeah, yeah, it um it bothers me that both uh, both uh, that and Star Wars were shot at the same 
studio at the same time and you can see the quality difference i wonder them. if because i that's, actually have a theory really about worrying. moonraker and about some of their futuristic looking scenes because i was like these look like star wars sets i think we're gonna have to do a little bit of we might have to do a one. bit of digging because they did look similar to star wars to me and i never put the two together i was just thinking about star wars because of things that we'll talk about in next mm. week's episode um, about the technology yes. they use in this movie. <laughs> Not the technology of the filming. <laughs> the technology they use in the movie. No. And I'm just like, this yeah. is weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, we will absolutely do some digging and get into that. Um, look, I, I technically I give this a 7 out of 10. Because it feels like... in Yeah, the sound's terrible. But there are other elements. It's not... It's not when, when we give a technical review of it, it's it's not simply the physical technology, but also the technicalities right. of the way it's shot. And for me, the scene in Egypt where they're trying to track Jaws um, around the pillars, the tension of that scene and the brilliance with which it was shot, to me, that was on par with anything we saw in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. But Drew, also the way and they the, the way they actually shot the way that he the, the physical of them mm. shooting the way he got crushed and that you could see there was a, a yeah. slight like um, skip of like a frame and you could see that he slightly moved. Um, yep. So obviously it was an, a, a technique of that they how they were making it look like he was getting crushed under this stuff. But mm. even though you see the mistake of this the the, the um, frame change. I appreciated yeah. that because you could see how they were doing it, and I appreciated the that you could see the effort they were going to to make it happen. So yeah, yeah. I f- I felt like there were a lot of moments in this film where they were making effort, mm-hmm. and even though there are a lot of moments that don't stick the landing, I will appreciate the fact that they would have worked bloody hard to to at least try. So seven out of ten for that personal enjoyment i i actually i didn't realize how much i i liked this film i really enjoyed it i liked the the goofiness of the villain because i think a, a good villain should have a little bit of goofy to him um i also think that a good villain should wholeheartedly believe in their cause and this guy absolutely does and it, it sells it for me i like that roger moore clearly knew where his place was meant to be as bond in this film and he sticks to it beautifully and lets barbara bark shine i i really like that i I like the play between the two of them and i like that he has no hesitation um showing um the bond is not all powerful or or anything like that it's in corsica he Uh, fails i think it's in you'll find it's in sardinia oops yep yep it's it's i liked that there, there were i found myself grinning at a lot of moments in this movie so yeah seven out of ten and seven out Can of ten i also commend that it's been a while yeah. since we've seen bond slap a woman yeah yeah has been because that that happened yeah. at least twice a movie during the sean connery era yeah haven't missed I it i think did solitaire get slapped I don't, yeah, yeah Solitaire got slapped, did. but I don't think anyone else has since. It, yeah. Anyway. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's go to our What the Quote, and we'll be back after this. And now it's time for What the Quote for yet another week. Last week's quote was what? So testosterone boys and harlequin girls, will you dance to this beat 
and hold a lover close. And that quote is obviously from the amazing band Panic at the Disco. And the song is one of their longest song titles. Lying is the most fun a girl can do without taking her clothes off. Yes, indeed. Now, Bianca, the quote for this week goes something like what? If you set your goals ridiculously high and it's a failure, you will fail above everyone else's success. And of course, if you know where that quote is from, please reach out to us on all the social media platforms or just one of them. Take your pick. We've got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, whatever you want. Anyway, on with the show. Alrighty, and we are back on the show. Um, so, uh, I was reading um, on the interwebs not long ago that that um, highly, highly successful movie, Waterworld, um, <laughs> starring Kevin Costner, um, that totally bombed. Um, uh, I, I read something about there being um, a, a an idea in the works, or in fact more in the works, um, something along the lines of they're going to turn it into a TV show. Um, why? Who knows? I have not going to go there because because don't know why. Um, whatever it is, what it is. Um, but they they're going to do it. Um, it's going to happen. Um, it'll be set twenty years after the movie. Um, and basically pick up with the main character again. And if you're not familiar with the movies, basically there's the premise is there's like no land and because there's just water um, because of like, I guess, climate change and global warming. So there's, there's no land um, and they've got to su- survive without land being around. Um, but anyway, so the show, the, the show is going to be set 20 <laughs> Sorry. years after. I've never um, seen this fi- film. But the name of the film Waterworld versus what you just described, I was thinking, is this about a theme park? And then you it describe like that, it, and it? I'm like, oh. <laughs> no, it's a world with no, with, with only water. Oh, I see. As opposed to a fun place. A little yeah, more literal. Kind of, yeah. Um, so it's set 20 years after the movie, like I said. Our main character is going to be star again. Um, it's going to be directed by a 10 Cloverfield Lane director. Um, Dan Trachtenberg, I think. I don't know. Trachtenberg. Um, and um, it, it's it's probably going to be made for um, NBC's streaming service Peacock, which they're trying to take over the world with um, at the moment. I have to say, they have some pretty good stuff. Well, they have The Office. That's that's all they need because that's one of the, that was one of the highest ranking shows on Netflix every single year. Now it's on Peacock, so you know. That's that's not still on Netflix. Uh, in australia it is is. but in the u.s where they have peacock it is not but we have um we have it on stan and netflix and most other streaming services including amazon and i think i think stan has a deal with peacock wouldn't surprise me yeah that's pretty good wouldn't surprise me in the slightest but we have paramount i don't know now we do Now, look, with news of this fantastic... I can't even say that. News of this film's adaptation to TV show, we decided to look at some other films that became TV shows, both good Uh, and bad. And mentioning, of course, that you gave us one a couple of weeks ago, Drew, um, uh, Lost, which had come from um, Castaway. Indeed. Not not, not strictly an absolute adaptation, but, you know... uh, The idea behind it. the washing machine a couple of times and now it came, yeah. Yeah. Do you think that they just kept big? saying, they're like, okay, we're going to start off this thing with like three people on an island. And they're like, add a fourth, add a fifth, add 60. 
and that's how they got a whole. I feel like game. they did. I feel like they did a thing where they put it through Google Translate, and then um, put it in English, made it translate to another language, then copied that one, and then translated from that to English, and then did that like four or five times, and they got the outcome. Castaway, castaway, yeah. castaway. <laughs> Just that's where I yeah. feel like they got it from, kind of thing. Mm. Um. Okay. Well, other movies that have become TV shows. So, we there's a uh, Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius, which I was watching the other day. Um, the movie. I don't know why. Um, and then Jimmy. It's a good movie. Yeah, and then it was the Adventures of Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius. Um, uh-huh. my big fat Greek wedding became my big fat Greek life. Very controversially. Oh, that, one just, that one was. Yeah. It wasn't the greatest. But I no, did it really watch it. Wasn't the greatest. <laughs> well, it I watched have, it too. It didn't, it didn't have John Corbett. No, it didn't. He was the um, only one that didn't come back. And it just and having someone su- such a main character not in it really kind of saps um, yeah. its quality. And again, it just it really felt like they were there. It felt like they were all really excited to be there because they were going to get paid, and that's it. Mm. Maybe actually, now that you think you say that, yeah, I guess. Um, Psycho was followed by Bates Motel. Um, I haven't seen Bates Motel, I've, but I've yeah. watched the first season of Bates Motel. It's really good. I was never a big fan of Psycho, so it never made sense for me to go watch Bates Motel. Um, but is it is Freddie Highmore in it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Phil's twin. I can't watch it. Then. Um, no. Be like <laughs> watching yourself. I know. I've told you before. You <laughs> aged a lot better than Freddie Highmore. <laughs> Um, he looks just, like he's just getting washed out. He does. He looks like he's been he through just, a washing machine. Actually, he looks like yeah. you if you were like shaved <laughs> and put through a washing machine to the point where you kind of stretched out and then just became yeah. like colorless. Yeah, mum is watching at the moment um, the good doctor. The good doctor. And it's just yeah, and it's just like oh, fucking Freddie Highmore. Anyway, yeah, uh, I, Toy Story. Good, good, yeah. Toy Story had a spin-off yeah. of Buzz Lightyear Stark Man, which is another show I really liked as a kid. I really liked Why Buzz Lightyear Why can't Stark they Man bring that Disney. to Disney Plus already? I don't know. It's still not on there. It's driving me insane. I want to go back and watch it. Do you know that I always wanted um, there to be the equivalent toys of, like, Mira and the big guy on Toy Story? Oh, that would have been cool. Like, that was, like, a big dream of mine as a child. Um, I was very disappointed when Toy Story 3 came out and that was, they weren't on the promo, but then I still liked Toy Story 3. Um, yeah. <laughs> Karate Kid then became Cobra Kai, which is funny because I've got like Netflix on the TV and it's doing that like streaming mm. advertising and Cobra Kai is up there mm. right now. Um, Cobra yeah. Kai is really good, by the way. I highly I recommend it. I the things, so I can't watch either. You need to rewatch the originals first. That's fair. I, I was a watched. I was a Karate Kid fan as a child because my brother was, because um, he uh, was the age bracket for it. Um, you weren't a Three Ninjas kid. I did watch Three Ninjas, but I didn't like the uh, to this like when I was a kid, I could tell the differences between the timelines. Like there was all these inaccuracies because they filmed them out of order. I yep. couldn't go into a massive spiel about what went wrong with Three Ninjas because um, <laughs> I actually know the whole deal because when I was a kid, it frustrated me and when I was an adult, I found out about it. But no, Karate Kid, that's that's my jam. Um, and then Fargo we'll became- a special on Three Ninjas later. <laughs> oh, that's so controversial. Um, and then Fargo became Fargo. Yep. Um, which I still haven't watched. Of course. 
Nope, neither. Uh, Hercules. Then there's like a whole whole thing of Disney ones. So we did talk yep. about Toy Story, but then there's like Hercules and Hercules the Animated Series, Tarzan and Tarzan Returns to the Jungle, I think it was called. Um, Little Mermaid, The Adventures of Little Mermaid, Aladdin, The Adventures of Aladdin. There was a lot of adventures of. Um, yeah. Timon and Pumbaa was a spinoff of The Lion King. Big Hero 6 had a TV series. Um, there's quite a few. And then there's Jurassic World, Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. Oh yeah, that's that new one on um on Netflix, isn't it's it? It's been getting a lot of good reviews actually, Camp Cretaceous. But like that, there's a lot of like kids ones that have happened. Like Fast and the Furious mm. has a kids show. Oh, Jesus yep. Christ! Yeah, it's called the movies because they're just so childish and pathetic. <laughs> Again, we should do another episode of follow up to the Fast and the Furious because mm. the Fast and the Furious universe is interesting, yep. and just mm-hmm. how much is in it. Um, no, it's not. It really is. There's, I didn't really know isn't. how many. Look, if, it, if it means that for the sake of studying it, I get to go back and watch Hobbs and Shaw again, let's do it. I never realized, Phil, how many movies and TV series were in the Fast and Furious universe. Yeah. It's, it's actually weird. I don't like it, but it's also weird. Um, and then yeah, there's also like a, how to Ch- tame your dragon, how to sp- series and mm-hmm. now they have another spin-off series from that for like toddlers mm-hmm. um and yeah there's, i think there's heaps more do you guys know any yeah do i know any yeah there's tons that i know of um well the, the jason Bourne films have had a pardon is south park technically considered one because the very first south park was a movie mm. was it no no i thought the movie came after the first Seasons, bigger, bigger, longer, seasons. and uncut came a few seasons in. But the first yeah, one wasn't was, it a very was. long episode? But that's maybe just because. But it that's was the just first a, episode. But that is still technically a pilot. Like yeah. the first episode of Twin Peaks is an hour and a half. Okay, it's just yeah. the pilot episode. Um, the Jason Bourne films have now got a TV series called Treadstone, which I didn't is know that was part of that same series. But okay, yeah. Um, other examples. I, I mean, you guys watch Jack Ryan. I mean, technically, that's that's not a television the, adaptation. That's not that's not the same because it was a book. Um, it was a book. Even that um, got gets adapted many times because it's from the nine. It's actually from the eighties. Well, it's yeah, it's several books because um, it was a whole series of Jack Ryan novels. Yeah. Um. Even also- Rick and Morty, if we Rick and Morty started out as a um, as a parody of Back to the Future. Yeah, that's but true. But I guess, but is that but is that kind of an ad, ad, an adaptation? Because well, I mean, I guess it is an adaptation, but it's not by the same people. It's not it, not yeah, not a creation of the same because sort of thing. I mean, the original the original title was the Real Animated Adventures of Doc and Marty. M H A R T I Marty. <laughs> <laughs> Before it became oh, Rick and Morty, dear. Marty. Marty. Yeah. Imagine if it stayed as that. Um, um, there are things like, um, I mean, obviously, as Bianca said, there's lots of like kids show ones that are basically just trying to kind of squeeze out a little bit more love. Um, oh, Disney from, were, from were movies. brilliant at it. Look at um, they took the Jungle Book and did Jungle Cubs. Oh my god, we completely ignored the biggest Disney one ever. 
every single television series from the MCU. I didn't even think about this when we were discussing this episode. But there's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Punisher, Defenders. WandaVision. uh, WandaVision. Vision. Loki. Sorry, Loki. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, Oh, there's more. What if, yes. Um, Yeah. What was the other one that happened this year? Oh, no, Black Widow came out on film. Yeah. Peter Smith. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and She-Hulk is coming up. Yeah. Um, Hawkeye true. is coming up. Yeah. So the entire MCU-verse has TV series. Well, there you go. Well, well, well there you go. There's there's a ton there. Um, there there are those adult ones, Wolf Creek. Um, I remember it becoming a show. I didn't watch the show. Did it, I think it starred John Jarrett, though. It did, it yeah. Yeah, he stayed on for it. Do we know if it's good? Not a clue. Never watched it. Yeah, I've never watched it. I mean, I look, I mean, Wolf Creek wouldn't be Wolf Creek without John Jarrett. So, I mean, good on him for being able to be that role. Mm. Man, that's just a creepy... He's just such a weird character, but it's brilliant. Um, so, I've got to ask quickly, what um, do you think about the change in this format and do they work? I know I've got some that I love personally, but what about you guys? What do you think? Some work, some don't. I think it's a bit of a mix. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, if I think back to something like My Big Fat Greek Life, um, I can remember just being totally appalled and shocked by how um, totally shit it was um, and so disappointed. Um, and again, as Drew said, it didn't even have the same husband, so that was really disappointing. Um, it was very short-lived, though, I think, from memory for a lot. Yeah, it was one season. Um, oh, there you go. Um, they really tried to play off of the success. And that's the thing with this sort of format. It, it, it can only exist if it's trying to live off of the success of something if the if the and that's why waterworld one kind of confuses me because the movie didn't do very well at all in fact it's famously known for doing appallingly so well, there's another one that we've left out and, and i should have thought of this sooner because we keep saying waterworld westworld westworld is yeah that's true yeah westworld was a film Written and directed by Michael Crichton, who is best known as the author of Jurassic Park. I've never watched Westworld or the movie. I didn't even know it was a movie. It was a very old film with Yul Brenner. And then it got readapted. Does he know Max Brenner? A good... (laughs) Funny. It got readapted about 30 years later as the TV series, which has all the all the same sort of points in that but it expands the concept quite significantly for it to be able to stretch over what is it Mm. three seasons now can i just say there are some good ones like cobra kai is genuinely good from everything i've heard yes it is it's good because it takes all of the 80s stuff like because it was a hardcore 80s film and it brings it into the modern era and all the stuff that you know, you can't. You know, when you look back at an old movie that you really love, and you're like, "Oh, it's still a great film," but that was racist, and that was a bit not okay, and all that. Mm. It looks at all of those things and judges it for what it was and what it was of the time, and it makes mention of it in the new film, while saying that wasn't okay, but not making you feel shit about it. And I think, and all of that is actually a part of the character's development. The, the, Does it have the kid? Does it have the kid from... Yeah, so... Ralph Marchio and William Zabka. So, yeah. Ma- yeah, Ralph Marchio and William Zabka, who were in the first one and played rivals, 
they're technically William Zapka is the main character, and in the first season, Ralph Macchio is kind of the secondary character. Um, but as the seasons go on, they become more equal. And then that's interesting. Each season is kind of a reflection of one of the movies. So the first mm. two seasons are as a reflection of the first movie. Then the third season is the second movie. Um, and the third and the fourth is kind of like the, um, f- the third, third movie. movie. Yeah. Um, Do you think the show will have a life of its own beyond reflecting on the old films? Like, rather than playing on that nostalgia, do you think it'll stand on its own? Oh, no, see, it, even though I say that it's a reflection on those there is movies, it is, a, it is on its own because a core part of it is focusing on the new kids, the kids, and yeah. their lives and how that is the ongoing legacy of these two men. Um mm. And that has already taken on it. Like the, if if the adults weren't there, the kids could have had their very own show without them being okay. there, or they could go on to have their own show without them being there. The adults being there is good because that is what the connection is. But the kids hold their own too, um, which I appreciate. See. See, I like that. That actually reminds me a lot of another one because, you know, these keep just popping into my head as we go. Um, but this year we had the Mighty Ducks Game Changers. And oh, yeah, of course there was, yeah. I still yeah, haven't watched I, that one either. You know, I, Mighty Ducks was one of my all-time favourites from childhood and I still love it. I still wear the jerseys around and all of that. Like, there's something very connected about that for, for kids that love that. And... Well, yeah, sorry. No, I was just gonna say we we also had that really successful, um, that really really popular um, adaptation, um, uh, Terminator: The Sarah Con- uh, Connor Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good one. Sorry. Actually, the Mighty sorry. Ducks got a- got adapted twice technically because there was the cartoon series in the nineties as well. I still Is that the one where they turned into actual ducks. They don't. They it's don't not that they turn into, into ducks. ducks. They, ducks they are an alien, alien humanoid ducks. Yeah. Do they have a? Is there a show where they have like a spaceship kind of thing? Yeah, that's that one. Yeah, they come from a right. planet called Puck World. It's very, very coincidental that they're able to come to Earth then, and where they played hockey. Yeah, they go through a wormhole. Pucks. Yeah. Do, very fitting. Very do, fitting. And Tim Curry is the villain. <laughs> am I imagining the fact that one of them had a magic mask that they used to put on and then? become powerful no that's correct i still have a toy of wild wing that has the mask that you can put on him that's right that was like their god yeah yeah i used to watch it when yeah. i was a kid i like i like hockey so it's on disney it's plus if you want to watch because it because of mighty ducks but i like hockey yep. as hang much on, as i do hang on uh, uh, you, you know how you said there was um what was the, the spin-off tv show of um jungle book that you mentioned jungle cubs wasn't tailspin also a spin-off of of jungle book because it was Baloo? Sort of, because Baloo and Shere Khan are both in it, and King Louie, but they're all in different roles. But it's them, so technically it is a spin-off, is it not? Or like yeah. an adaptation? Yeah, technically, yes. Um, yeah, look, I, and then obviously there's the Star Wars as well. Um, of course. Star Wars, um, which absolutely, you know, has just spawned so many shows that I need to go and watch and I haven't had a chance to watch. <laughs> um, but we had this year alone, or, or last year, I should say, um, Mandalorian. You know, and that's that's um, 
completely re-engaged an entire Star Wars audience who are a little bit disappointed by the the saga. Mm. Um, so that you know, again, there's this there's, um, I was almost afraid that we weren't going to get any more kind of live action Star Wars or quality Star Wars, mm. and it was all going to be these these cartoons or or shows. And and but I'm so glad that we've got something like, um. Mandalorian there and, and obviously we're getting a Boba Fett one and stuff so yeah the Star Wars is absolutely doing that but obviously there are all these other um, series Clone Wars and I never got into the cartoons like I've seen a little bit of Clone Wars mm. and, and Rebels and that but I've never been able to connect with it but the live action ones have, have just been something else entirely it feels like it's um, connecting with a generation that grew up on the original trilogy I actually yeah I actually fully believe that if the is it Rogue One the the solo movie, uh, not that Solo is in Han Solo. The, the Rogue One was the movie that was by itself. Yep. Yeah, which is yep. absolutely incredible. Good movie. Mm-hmm. If Rogue One had mm-hmm. come out and all the TV series had come out, and then they'd gone in to do seven, eight, and nine, I think that mm. would have worked out better. I agree. Because I think they would have had more of an understanding of what the audience wants. Because the, the, I think the TV series are a great little thing of new story and nostalgia. Because mm-hmm. they have... I mean, we also... Yeah. Well, they have all the lore that you want. And they add to it. And then they pull at nostalgia every now and then. Whereas, and, we'll, and that's what seven, yeah. eight, and nine were trying to do, but they were trying to do that by doing it as an outright copy, which didn't make mm. sense. Yeah, they're very in your face about it. They're not subtle. Yeah, no, that's right. I think if if they'd done it the way that you're suggesting, we could have been lucky enough to have someone like John Favreau doing the films. I think John Favreau should just do all um nostalgic <laughs> television i just i think he knows where to, he he's just a great director and a great producer like he the knows guy, what he's doing the room. guy started the um MCU. The mcu like on a whim he is brilliant like he did it on, no one wanted an iron man movie and he championed it mm. do you know there wasn't really a script going either for it no no they, they, do you know how he they made it up yeah. on the spot that movie yeah, they were still scripting while they shot it. Do you know how he got the gig for The Jungle Book and then The Lion King? No. I know this is a tangent, but it's a very short story. Um, on the heels of Iron Man and Iron Man 2 and Disney um, buying out um, Marvel, Disney approached him. They wanted him to do a, a film called Magic Kingdom. And they paid for him and his wife and kids to come and stay in in Disneyland um, as a bit of inspiration. But the idea was to do a Night at the Museum style film where all the Disney properties across all the Disney whatevers come to life in the Disneyland theme park. Yeah. And they wanted him to see that movie. Yeah, I, I really want them to do it and I really want him to do it. And when they were just having some development troubles, they, they said, well, look, we still want you to make something. And they gave him The Jungle Book, and The Jungle Book was incredible. Absolutely incredible. And even though we pan The Lion King a fair bit, visually that film, is I, I don't think I've seen anything quite like it since the first time I saw Avatar. 
that's just it's still mind-boggling to look at. Well, so, it well it's it's got um may it's going to make Avatar have to work really hard because that's the mm, benchmark. Yeah. But no, absolutely. John John Favreau, absolute champion. He's an absolute champion. Um, looking at some of these other ones here on this list. We have Uncle Buck. I didn't know there was an Uncle Buck TV show. That's strange. Um, yeah, and I think they they made it an all-black cast for it. I, I, I have no right. recollection of this. <clears throat> What's my throat My voice? throat just went out. I, I'm drinking tea because my throat's no been... No recollection. My, <laughs> my throat's been hurting all week, but... um. Homer. Homie. <laughs> You can probably um, hear me sipping on tea throughout this entire thing. It's fine. Um, we sipper. also we had um, Taken had a TV show. Yep. Didn't see that, but okay. Um, we had things like the Stuart Little um, <laughs> animated series. We had Training Day with its own thing. We had Tron with Uprising. What's Tron that Uprising show where amazing. they? I completely forgot this one. What's that show where they? Um, it it has Bradley Cooper in it, and he takes a pill. Limitless. Limitless. Limitless had a TV series. It yeah, was they actually made that really into a show. Yeah. They had the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Um, yep. Napoleon Dynamite, High School Musical with probably... Oh, fuck me. This is the worst you gotta, title ever. you got to say High the whole musical, title. High School Musical, the musical, the series. Is that seriously the name? High School Musical, yep. the musical, the series. H-S-M-T-M-T-S. So basic- <laughs> so basically, it's it's the, the plot. I haven't watched a single episode, mind you, but... Disney made it damn certain that everyone watching a promo would understand the plot. It is set in the real high school where the films were shot. And it's about the students at that real high school putting on a musical of the film. I don't like that. That's like the, the plot. It, it, it is an, like the worst idea ever. I have. I used to watch The Land Before Time, the movies. I've never oh. seen the TV series. Oh my god! Oh, Land Before Time. Series. Stargate was. I completely forgot Stargate was a Stargate, movie. Stargate, of course. I love that yeah. series. Yeah, I'm yeah. a massive no, sci-fi absolutely. Nerd. Um, and we had Men in Black, the series, Ghostbusters, Stitch, the series to go on the other thing, Ghostbusters, of course, the Jumanji um, yeah. series. Oh, of course, I really like the Jumanji series. Actually. Was yeah, that the cartoon? It did the one thing we all wanted. Yeah, I love that series. From that was from cool. the. I think Klasky Chupo did the animation, or at least their animators were on it, because it's uh, the same style. I feel like they did, because it was very similar to um, Rugrats and... Wild Thornberries. And, yeah. yeah, the eyes, they're the giveaway. Yeah, uh, that was a great series. That was such a good series. Mm. Um, I'd love to go and watch that again, actually. Um, yeah, but basically, w- what we're getting at here is that there are tons and tons of shows that, that this has worked with and hasn't worked with. Um, needless to say, we'll... Waterworld be a success? Maybe. Um, will it actually be an absolute smash and and take off with a whole new audience and actually be a major success? Or will Who it knows? wash out? Or will it will it drown? Mm. Um, let's see. But uh, yeah, look, um, we we are fans of um, adaptations for the most part. Sometimes it they're hit and miss, like, like Terminator. Mm. Absolutely hit. Sometimes um, movies just have a certain right. chemistry that you just can't remake. Yeah, yeah. Again, and look, sometimes they're made with the right intentions, and sometimes they're made for money grab. Um, I, and so, yeah, that that's what it comes down to, I think. But um, and that sound means only one thing. It's time for us to go now. But before we do, we've got to get to our sick Kent of the week. Bianca, who is our sick Kent of the week for this week? 
Our sick Kent is someone who we should have honoured a few weeks ago. We were going to honour a few weeks ago. But then I made the timely reminder of the fact that next week, Doom Patrol is coming out. Um, it's premiering on the Thursday, I think. Oh my god, I should have figured this out. Um, and our sick Kent of the yep. week... This Thursday. <laughs> yes, this Thursday. Um, That's okay. Is Brendan Fraser. Fraser. I said it now because it was written like that. Fraser. Fraser. Because it was written down as Fraser. <laughs> I corrected the script I'm aware, and everything. But I was just thinking about it and then it came out. <laughs> Brenda, Brendan Fraser. Fraser. Because he. I don't know if anyone else saw it, but a few weeks ago, um, he's going to be in an upcoming movie with. Drew, you can probably help with Leo, Leo and De Niro. Leo and De Niro. Very exciting. And yeah. the yeah. interviewee told him, the interviewer told him that everyone was quite excited for Brendan and the whole internet was backing oh. him up and everyone's supporting him. And then the man started crying and it was beautiful and I just wanted to hug him. He got choked up. Oh. What I what I love about it though was that you could see this panic on when she said the whole of the internet, you could see this panic on his face as if like he was going to get cancelled attacked for something and then um she said the whole yeah. of the internet is behind you and he just you could see him just that that like relief that it wasn't anything terrifying and scary and mean mm. and then you could see him just kind of clench up and and it get to him and him and he you know dips down with his um his hat on and uh yeah, I just he's such a sweetheart, and um, it's it's such a shame that we we lost him. We it's love such a shame him. We lost him from from the limelight for many years, um, but he's an absolute mm. legend, and and so uh yeah, like the whole of the internet and everyone out out there in the world should back Brendan Fraser because he um, get on board with the Brenaisons. Exactly right. Um, you know, he was cast aside from the industry so unfairly. Um, and, and mm. so it's so good to see him being able to come back again. Twenty third of September. That's when the premiere date is. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. Excellent. It seems fitting too with with everything um, that's been cropping up in the last couple of years about people that were abused in Hollywood. It's it's nice to see a bit of vindication for him after what he went through as well, and to see people understanding that and backing absolutely. him now. Uh, but yeah, Brendan Fraser, you are sick of the week for this week. Drew, thank you. Bianca, thank you. Both of you Phil. guys, thank you very thank much. Thank you, Philip. Thank you, Bianca. No worries. Uh, until next week. Uh, yep. Yeah.